got to take it as it comes. Yes, sir. No, sir. We hadn't set the date yet, but we're getting close. I'm waiting on the Brother Duncan to see if he's going to have his preacher's fellowship or not. And uh, we ain't never found that out yet. All right. Uh, somebody want to pass out some lesson sheets tonight? And get your Bible and go to Revelations chapter 8 tonight. Revelations, the 8th chapter tonight. And I will. Should be able to get through all these verses tonight, chapter 13. We took a little longer in uh, chapter 7. Uh, we actually went back over it twice, but there was some stuff in there I wanted to give you that I couldn't get it all in one lesson. Uh, but uh, we'll be looking at the seventh seal uh, tonight. That's what we'll be looking at. As I always say, keep in mind that nothing we've read from chapter 4 on has happened yet. Uh, uh, there's things that look like it, and people sometimes say it is it, but nothing from chapter 4 on has happened yet. Uh, it can't because the rapture of church is chapter 4, and uh, so we're still here, so it ain't, it's not happened yet. And another thing to remember is, uh, uh, I told you last week, that if you have trouble understanding different parts of the Bible, Revelations, or whatever it might be, keep in mind that uh, it may be because it's not for you. Uh, there's parts of the Bible, uh, all of it's for us as far as reading, uh, and uh, we can find some kind of application, but when it comes to the doctrines of the Bible, uh, not all of them is for us. And uh, sometimes we have a hard time trying to understand things because it's not for us anyway. And, uh, of course, Revelations, we're studying it because when we see what's coming on this world, it makes us uh, uh, want to be sure and try to get people saved uh, so that they won't be here when all this stuff takes place. Uh, and it is going to take place uh, one of these days. Okay, Revelations chapter 8. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and earthquake. And the seventh angel which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood and they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees were burnt up, and uh, all the green grass was burnt up. The second angel sounded, and as it were a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood. The third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, 
burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of the water. And the name of the stars called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood, and men died of the waters because they were bitter. The fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, third part of the moon, third part of the stars, so as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet and of the three angels which are yet to sound. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you, Lord, for your uh, word. And uh, Lord, we're thankful that, Lord, that you're not only our Savior, but Lord, you're uh, also our prophet. And uh, Lord, you're our prophet, priest, and coming king. And uh, Lord, being the prophet, you have the spirit of prophecy. And uh, Lord, we ask you to, uh, Lord, to let us understand uh, tonight some of what we just read. And, and uh, we pray that you might open up, uh, Lord, our un- understanding. And uh, Lord, that we might be able to uh, be thankful tonight, first of all, that if we're saved, that we're not going to be here when all this stuff takes place. And Lord, to the person that's lost, that it hadn't happened yet, they still got time to flee to the refuge from the wrath that is to come. Uh, Lord, be with all those listening tonight online. Uh, be with those that are home, not able to come. Uh, those that are, are home and never come. And uh, Lord, those that are at home and used to come, uh, we pray you'd be with all them, Lord, tonight. And uh, bless these here tonight, Lord, that have come, took the time to come and be in the service tonight. May, it, may you give them something tonight out of your word. And uh, we'll be careful to thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. Okay, uh, the Bible said when well, he had opened the seventh seal, the he there will be the lamb. Uh, back in chapter 6, that's when we started the seals. Chapter 6 and verse 1 said, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals. And so it's the Lamb, of course the Lord, the Lord Jesus, that's uh, opening up these seals. And, uh, and what's in this uh, sixth seal, or what's in this seventh seal, it contains the seven trumpets that we're about to look at. Uh, if you see that, it says, And when He had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of an hour, and then we go into these trumpets. So the seventh uh, seal contains the seven trumpets. And uh, as we said, you have to remember that everything that's going to happen has got to happen in a period of about seven years and actually a little less. And so many of these things, even though they're, uh, you got seals, you got trumpets, you got vials, uh, even though you got different names for them, there's a intermingling you can uh, you could look at uh, some of these trumpets and they will cross over uh, with the vials uh, they have some similarities there and uh, so uh, I think that I think that uh, uh, it t- John takes us all the way through the tribulation how many times four times uh, we go all the way through it four times and uh, we prove that uh, back a few lessons ago, because there's four times in the Revelations, uh, it shows the Lord Jesus is coming. 
So we went all the way through because he don't come to the end of the tribulation. Uh, so we got these seven trumpets. It looks like that uh, that each uh, the seals, uh, the trumpets, the vials. It looks like each one gets a little bit more worse, and maybe just in a little bit more uh, detail, maybe why it is. And uh, and when it opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven. And uh, brother David, he's going to tell us why that is. Uh, he told me the other night. He figured it out. Yeah, but I dispute that though, cause there can't no woman just stay quiet for a half hour, amen. <clears throat> oh, really? Uh, there are actually some things that why that this is, and some people think that there's silence in heaven because that this is actually at the end of the tribulation, and there's nobody in heaven because the church comes back with the Lord at the end. The church comes back. And so they think the silence in heaven, uh, some people do, is because there's nobody up there because everybody's come back with Jesus. Now, I don't believe that. Uh, I think it's uh, very obvious why there's silence in heaven because when they open up this, they see what's about to come. Uh, it's like uh, the people that probably watch the planes fly into uh, the uh, buildings at 9-11. Uh, they was probably speechless. Uh, anytime we see a, a catastrophe, uh, many times we're speechless. We, uh, we're struck with awe. And I believe that is uh, why that uh, this silence is in there for a half an hour is because they just can't believe what they see that is about to happen. Now, uh, the seven seals uh, that we look at here, and we're going we're gonna to get through... Uh, four of them tonight anyway, the trumpets, I mean the seven trumpets. Okay, Revelation uh, 8 and 2, and the Bible said, I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And once again, we're made to see the ministry of angels. The ministry of angels. Uh, I didn't check it, but just in my mind, thinking about it, uh, I don't know, there's maybe one or two chapters, if that, even if that, in uh, revelations that don't have angels in it. Uh, these angels are ministering spirits, and uh, the Lord is using them uh, to pronounce these judgments, to uh, seal servants, uh, to uh, preach at the end. Uh, so He uses these angels in all different ways. And uh, a lot of times we kind of forget about angels in our age, but it's amazing when you get in the book of Acts, the beginning of the early church, you find angels almost every chapter, every other chapter, there's angels. And uh, uh, for instance, when, uh, they, when they cut James's head off in chapter 12 and put Peter in prison, it was an angel that come and smote him on the side and uh, told him to get up and to leave. And all through the book of Acts, you got these angels. Uh, we know that angels are not winged creatures, they're not creatures like we see painted in the pictures and stuff. We know they're not that way. When angels appear in the Bible, they usually appear uh, almost every time, if not every time, as a young man. I know what Michelle's thinking. There ain't no man, no angel. Uh, 
But in the Bible, they appear to be uh, young men. Every time they appear in the Bible, you can go through it to different uh, places where they're mentioned. And, uh, and then there's a verse in Hebrews 13, I think it's verse 4, that lets us know that they're, they're not some real wild-looking creatures because the Bible tells you and me to be careful lest we entertain one unaware. And if I'm praying and I look up and there's a big winged creature sitting there, I think I'm going to be aware of it. Amen? Uh, but I think there's times that uh, I've had just very, very few, one or two times in my life that I wondered about it anyway. It's uh, in situations where you've maybe experienced or heard about that uh, somebody helped you in some way or another, and next thing you know, they're gone. Anybody had anything like that happen? All right, Brother David, Brother Eddie said he has. And uh, so, anyway, uh, all through the book of the Revelations, we have these angels that uh, are appearing and uh, doing different things. And here, uh, it says uh, that this another angel, it says another angel, not one of the seven, but another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. Now, I don't know why that the Lord would do this, uh, but there's times in the revelations that this other angel appears to be the Lord Himself. I don't know why He wouldn't just say the Lord Himself, uh, but in the Old Testament we have uh, Jesus uh, showing up in the Old Testament. There's a word for that. It skips my mind right now. Uh, but there's a word for that. And, uh, and Jesus makes an appearance in the Old Testament. And, the, and it'll say, uh, the angel of the Lord, a lot of times is what it says. Uh, and this angel here, uh, it looks like this could be one of those places where that this angel could be the Lord Jesus uh, Christ. And uh, I'll give you some reasons why that we think that might be the case. Uh, first of all, because it's an altar of prayer. And, and this angel, uh, let's look at it. The Bible said this angel was, was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints. Now, who does all the saints' prayers go to? The Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus. Always goes to the Lord Jesus. Matter of fact, uh, I'm not sure we can even get a prayer through if we don't send it through Jesus. Uh, Jesus said, What sort of things you asked in my name, that he said, I will do. So here's an angel, and it says another angel, and uh, it's connected with prayer, and he's actually doing the work uh, of the priest, really, is what he's doing. Uh, look in uh, Hebrews 7 and verse 25. Hebrews 7 and verse 25. And the Bible said, Wherefore he, that he will be Jesus, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercessions for them. Now back up to Hebrews 4 and look at verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed unto the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. 
Therefore, let us therefore come boldly into the throne room of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in a time of need. Look at Hebrews 8 and verse 1. The Bible said, Now the things which we have spoken, this is a sum. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord pitched and not men. And so we, we see in these uh, scriptures here, we see the Lord uh, acting in a priestly way and uh, that's part, part of it. Now, if you remember back in Revelation 7, we had, a, we had another situation like this in verse 2. And he said, I saw another, another angel again. It's called another angel ascending from the east. The east. And uh, we went to Ezekiel 9. And uh, we uh, pretty much uh, can prove that one, that that's the Lord Jesus that's doing the sealing there uh, in chapter 7. Now, there's one place that, to me, is the clearest of all of them in Revelations 10. Look in Revelations 10, verse 5 and 6. And the Bible said, The angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that therein are and the earth and the things that therein are and the sea and the things that therein are, that there should be time no longer. Now, uh, I heard one preacher say this couldn't be the Lord because he swore by himself. Well, that's exactly why I think it is the Lord. Uh, look over in uh, Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6, and look at verse 13. Hebrews 6 and verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham... Because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. He swore by himself. That's what this angel's doing here uh, in this uh, in chapter ten. And so uh, we're just trying to get you to see uh, that uh, that this uh, this angel, uh, different times through the uh, revelation, this angel uh, could be the Lord. And so there's some prayers being offered up here. Now these are not the prayers of me and you. These prayers are in chapter 6 that they're offering up. Chapter 6, you remember us talking about them in verse uh, 10, verse 9. And when he had opened the field seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God, for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, doest thou not judge? and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth. And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. So uh, these prayers in chapter 8 are the prayers of those tribulation saints that have been beheaded. And uh, the Lord tells them they won't know how long it's going to be before they're vindicated for... Uh, for what they've had to go through. Now, uh, this is a, we talked about this, this is a, we know this prayer, we know this kind of praying, we know we're in a different age. We know something's happened. Because you never hear anybody come to the altar and, and pray and ask God to kill somebody or 
you know, you don't hear that. You hear people in the grace age, they come and they, even though people are bad, and uh, even though sometimes you'd like them, uh, you'd like to kill them, uh, there's a spirit in you that leads you to pray otherwise. Uh, it's like uh, when the disciples come back to Jesus and they said, Lord, there's one over there uh, preaching in your name and you want us to call fire down on him? And Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of. Uh, you're not, we're not of a spirit of calling down fire on people. We're not of a spirit of beating up people. Uh, we're of a spirit of praying for people and uh, praying that God will get their eyes open, praying that they'll uh, see what's going on. So uh, this uh, fired field sensor is cast upon the earth, and of course it's obvious what that pictures, right? Judgment. Okay? We can see that heaven has a golden altar, like the tabernacle of the Old Testament, Hebrews 8 and 5, which was the altar of prayer. And as I said, these prayers are different. You remember Stephen at the beginning of the church age in Acts 7 when Stephen prayed that God that this sin would not be laid to their charge. That's that's a church age. So we know we've switched into another dispensation in this chapter here. The grace age is over and we're now in the tribulation, the finishing up of things. Uh, Revelations 8, verse 5 and 6 said, And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. Uh, So uh, we know this is judgment. This is judgment. And uh, we look at this and it said, uh, There was uh, uh, cast into the earth. There were voices. What's the voices? Uh, probably the prayers, probably these prayers, the voices. And then he says, uh, uh, there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. Now we can run this over to the vials and it'll match up pretty good with the end uh, there. Uh, so, uh, so we're looking here at these trumpets and uh, we see these uh, these angels, they're filling their censers full of fire from off the altar. This is... Uh, which pictures a place where the uh, sacrifice was made. Now, let's look at Revelations 8, 5, and 6. And uh, the Bible says, uh, And the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the earth and cast it into the earth. And there were voices, thunder, and lightnings, and an earthquake. And the seven angels had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to blow. Now, in these... Uh, Verses here, and talking about the golden altar and the brazen altar, uh, we think back to uh, when that Jesus offered Himself on the cross uh, that people might be saved. And uh, these people in the tribulation are people that had refused that. They refused the grace of God. And now they find themselves in this tribulation. In other words, The Lord died for their sins. The Lord paid for their sins. And they refused it. What happens is when you refuse the payment the Lord's made for your sins, you have to pay for it yourself. And so now people are going to pay for their refusal of the grace of God. Look in Hebrews 10. and Going to Hebrews a lot tonight. But Hebrews 10... And uh, 
I don't think it's uh, Hebrews 10, verse 30 and 31. Let's, let's, let's read uh, verse 27. But a certain fearful looking of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy. Remember those that despised Moses' law? Achan would be one of those. They stoned him to death, stoned his family to death. Uh, people that despised Moses' law died without mercy with two or three witnesses. Well, it's a whole lot worse to despise Jesus than it is Moses. And verse 29 said, Of how much sore punishment suppose you shall be thought worthy who hath trotted underfoot the Son of God and had counted the blood of the covenant wherein he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done, watch it, despite unto the Spirit of grace. Refuse the Spirit of grace. For we know him which has said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense. That word recompense, it's the word repay. And uh, God says, I sent my son to die on the cross to pay for your sins. You refused it. So now you're going to repay through suffering for what my son suffered for you on the cross. And then he says, uh, verse 31, It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. Here's a good statement I heard someone make, or I read it in a book somewhere, a great statement. I've, I've preached a lot, quoted it, I'm sure uh, others have. That verse there where it said, It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. That is a fearful thing. But, but there's something more fearful than that. Even more fearful than falling in the hands of a living God is falling out of the hands of a living God. And that's what's going to happen to people that fall into the judgment hand of God. They're going to fall out of that hand and they're going to go to eternity and spend eternity in the lake of fire when it all finally ends. Uh, so uh, we see here uh, Revelation 8, 5, and 6 and all through these judgments you can actually see that what people refused or what people did to Christ when He was here and they didn't receive His salvation, didn't accept Him, now they're getting the same thing done to them that they done to Christ on the cross. Uh, look at verse uh, 7. Uh, and uh, by the way, let me say here that this is what, was, what we're reading in chapter 8 is what was not allowed to happen until those were sealed in chapter 7. You remember that? Look back in chapter 7. And the Bible says, uh, uh, And I saw another angel, verse 2, ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their forehead. Now we're going to see the trees and the grass hurt. But that couldn't happen until God had sealed His servants, said He wanted to seal and protect them. And to me, I can see that also. Uh, it's just like Lot. You remember the angel told Lot, said, uh, you got to get out of here because I can't do what I need to do until you get out. And that's the picture of the church. Uh, the church. Uh, that's why the church is removed in chapter 4, verse 1. Because all this we're reading about 
Don't ever let anybody tell you that this is God's judgment on the church. No, the church's judgment fell at Calvary. This judgment, and we're plainly told in Jeremiah 37, that this is the time, not of the church's trouble, but this is the time of Jacob's trouble, Israel's trouble. So this tribulation, it all has to do with Israel, not the church. Now, there's no reason... There is people, and I'll show you how this is done in the next few verses here, but there is people that don't take it literally like we're reading it tonight. They make everything symbolic. Uh, they make everything to mean something other than what the Bible says it does. Uh, there is people that uh, they teach that everything in Revelations has already happened. Well, they sure give a strange name to the book if it has. Because the book means revealing. Amen. And then there's some things, uh, like in Revelations 20, if the devil has already been bound up in a bottomless pit and put on a chain, like the old preacher said, it must be a long chain. Uh, must be a long chain. But to me, the most convincing uh, scripture that lets me know that this has not happened yet is Matthew 24. And Matthew 24 says, uh, for the, verse 21, Matthew 24, verse 21, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. There's never been anything like what we're reading about in the book of the Revelations. Uh, Hiroshima was a Sunday school picnic compared to what's going to happen in the in the tribulation. Uh, so, uh, so this stuff hasn't happened yet. And if anybody tries to tell you they do, they may be sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. Uh, this stuff has not happened yet. Uh, the the word revelation itself means the unveiling, uh, and and in the very first of it, we're told that things that are yet yet to come. Uh, so these things have not happened yet. Now, here's why we take it literal. Because what we're going to read about here, uh, about the, uh, the uh, fire and the lightning and all this stuff, uh, what we're going to read about there in verse uh, 8, uh, verse 7, the, angel, the, the first angel sounded and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees burnt up. All the green grass was burnt up. Okay, look in Exodus 9. In Exodus 9, and uh, verse 22. Exodus 9 and verse 22. Of course, this is uh, Pharaoh. Pharaoh's a type of the Antichrist. And uh, Pharaoh's persecuting the Israelites, uh, God's people. And look at verse 22. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch forth thy hand toward heaven, that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt, upon men, upon beasts, upon every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and the fire ran along the ground. What do you reckon that was? Lightning. Lightning. Uh, and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt, so there was hail 
and fire mingled with the hail, very grievous, such as there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hails smoked throughout all the land of Egypt, all that were in the field, both men and beasts. And the hail smote every herb of the field and brake every tree of the field. Here's your sealed ones. Only in the land of Goshen were the children of Israel was there no hail. Uh, so the reason we take it literal is because it's already happened literally uh, back in the Old Testament. Well, if God could do it back there, He could do it again in a greater way now. Uh, now, we'll run up on some verses in the Bible that, uh, that we can't take literally. And uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to use a symbol. But when we can, a good uh, thing to remember when you're reading the Bible, studying the Bible, if you can take it and make it literal, do it. Do it. Uh, if something makes common sense, don't go to something else that makes no sense. Uh, very plainly, uh, the Lord tells us here what's going to happen, verses 8 uh, and 9. The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees were burned up, and, the gr and all the grass was burned up. Now why would that be? Third part of the trees, but all the grass. Remember we, have, remember we got famine going on. It's dry. This lightning, this, this hail, this fire, it's falling through the trees. Just hitting part of the trees, but it's going on all the ground. All the ground. Why would it say that there would, there would be blood mingled with this? Why would that be? It says that. Uh, talks about uh, the third part of the sea became blood. Somewhere in there it talks about uh, that this uh, hail was mingled with uh, blood. Made up. Where's it at? Verse 7. Verse seven. Uh, hail and fire mingled with blood. Why would that be? Yeah, but it's mingled with blood coming down. Right. Killing birds and planes and, and all like that. And, uh, and it could, uh, as Brother Steve said, it, it don't say it, but it said the first angel sounded or follow hell and fire mingled with blood. It sounds like it's mingled with blood when it comes down. Uh, it sounds like. Uh, but it, it could mean, like Brother Steve said, it could be so many people dead and on the ground uh, that it's uh, mingled with blood on the ground. Okay, the sea here is pretty much thought by most commentators to be the Mediterranean Sea. It's the Mediterranean Sea. And, uh, and the mountain burning with fire uh, is probably a giant uh, meteorite uh, which brings death to marine life and the destruction of the ships. But I want to show you how that people uh, try to make this stuff like it's already happened. I was listening to a man teach a few years ago, and uh, he brought up an interesting point. Uh, but he, uh, he said that approximately 105 ships participated in World War II. 36,000 sunk, which would be one-third. 
And so they, they try to make this to be what happened back in World War II. Uh, but uh, it won't work. I'll show you another one. Uh, it says uh, this verse 11 here, and he said, The name of the stars called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. How many members of uh, Chernobyl? You remember that? Uh, had that uh, all that uh, nuclear waste and everything. Okay, this, this fellow, he brought this up. He said, On April the 26, 1986, we had Chernobyl. And the word Chernobyl, the word itself means wormwood, is what the, what the word means. So we see it. And if you go there now, and you can look this up on the internet, you can see it and look it up. There's a statue of an enormous angel there uh, where all that happened. There's a statue made of an enormous angel there. Look it up on your computer. And the angel's blowing a trumpet. You seen that? Okay, now y'all know I ain't lying. Brian's seen it. Amen. But it is... Uh, they look at that and they say, well, this has already happened. No, but remember this. All this stuff that is going to happen, we've had a lot of little sneak previews of it before it actually does happen. Uh, that Chernobyl is probably just a, a little small thing of what's going to be happening during this uh, time of these seals. And uh, the angel is not going to be a statue somebody made out of metal. It's going to be a real angel. Uh, it's going to be a real angel. Uh, so you kind of see how that stuff goes. Okay, the, the Bible said in verse 10 and 11, And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the waters and upon the fountains of the waters. Now, I don't have an answer I've asked People smarter than me, they don't have one either. But I don't know why that you keep seeing that word a third, a third, a third. I think if I counted right, I, I counted a few weeks ago, I believe 18 times through the book of Revelations it uses the third, a third. Third of the angels, a third of the stars, third of this. I don't know why that is. I don't have an answer for that. Uh, but this third angel sounds, and a great star falls from heaven. The name of the star is Wormwood. And as we read, it turns the water bitter. And they gave on the cross. Here we go again. On the cross, what did they give Jesus to drink? Bitter. Yeah. Bitter herbs. Bitter water. That's what they give Him on the cross. Okay, those that are saved have accepted what He did on the cross, and God's forgave us. But to those that didn't accept the Lord, payback time, they gave Him bitter water, so now God is going to give bitter water to those during the tribulation time. Uh, we see that all through, you can, you can do a cross-reference there to the things that are happening to the people down here. A lot of it is the same thing they did to His Son on the cross. and That's why the Lord said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. Uh, so you're not going to get by. Uh, I'll tell you the best thing to do with Jesus. Look over in uh, uh, Psalms. Psalms chapter 2. Verse 
Psalms chapter 2, and this is right into all these times that we're talking about right now. He said, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder, cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he, he speak unto them in his raft and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I will give thee the heathen for thy inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of arm. We know who that is. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now. Here's how you be wise. Be wise now therefore, O you kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Watch verse 12. Kiss the Son, lest He be angry and you perish from the way when His wrath is kindled but a little Blessed are all they that put their trust in Him. Thank God that's me. Amen. Uh, I love His Son. Amen. Uh, I, I kiss the Son. I love the Son. Thank God. I, I don't want to overthrow Him. I, I want His, uh, His rule to rule. Amen. But what we're seeing going on in the world today is that that's exactly what they're doing. They're trying to break off His bands. We don't care what you say. We don't care what you say marriage is. This is what we say. We don't care what you say. We don't want you in school. We don't want you in the government place. We don't want you in this country. Well, all right. Uh, but you're going to have to pay if you go that way. Oh, they're starting that again. Okay, well, it never stopped really. But I tell you, amazing thing though, the only time in my lifetime I ever remember it happened. But we went through quite a little span there over the last year that Israel was hardly ever in the news. When I, from a boy on, every time I've turned the news on, I remember my mom and dad watched it. I can remember. I didn't know what it's all about, but I can remember it's about Israel. Uh, but with this COVID stuff and all this. Uh, Israel's pretty much been out of the news until now. As Brother Eddie said, they had a, uh, Israel had a friend there, and probably one of the best ones they ever had from our country. Uh, but it's not the case now. Okay, so, uh, so God's going to repay them. Now, some people think this great star is a devil himself. I don't think that, but I understand why they think it, especially if they're packing an NIV. Because in uh, in uh, Isaiah 14 and 12, they NIV makes him the morning star. Uh, when the King James just says morning, uh, but uh, NIV adds the morning star, which is a a, a bad thing to do, and because uh, Jesus is the morning star, and uh, so they're trying to make him Jesus, but they say he's a morning star. Okay, look in Luke 10. And verse 18, this is what Jesus said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. So they make him, NIV makes him a morning star. Jesus said he, 
He saw him fall from heaven. Uh, Revelations 12. We haven't got there yet, but Revelations 12, uh, verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Okay, so I see how they think this could be Satan, but I don't really think it is. Uh, so this fourth angel sounds, and when he does, verse 12, uh, when he sounds, get back over to my place here. Verse uh, 12, And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars, so that the third part of them were darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. Okay, this fourth angel sounds, and when he does, the heavens, the luminaries are affected. Uh, the world has rejected light. Jesus is light. And you remember what happened on the cross when He was suffering? You remember what happened there at one point? God turned the lights out. It was darkness. Okay, God let His Son go through that to pay for our sins, suffered our hell. That's what He's doing on the cross. Everything a man suffers in hell, Jesus did on the cross. If you go to hell, you thirst. On the cross, Jesus said, I thirst. If you go to hell, there's darkness. Uh, Jesus suffered darkness on the cross. Uh, if, if you go to hell, there's separation. You're separated from God. Jesus said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Everything that you can think about a man will suffer when he goes to hell, Jesus suffered on the cross. So these people reject Christ. They rejected the light that God sent. And so now God sends them darkness. Because that was the trouble anyway. They loved darkness rather than light. You know why people love darkness rather than light? Because their deeds are evil. Their deeds are evil. That's what. That's when most of you killing, you raping, you stealing. Uh, that's when it usually goes on at night. Uh, the devil is a prince of what? Darkness, right? So, uh, so that's kind of what's going on here. Uh, and uh, we could talk about the. Uh, uh, this is the fourth angel, and on the fourth day of creation, God created the lights of the heaven. And all like that, we could go there. And again, we take this literally because in Exodus 10, verse 21 and 23. Let's see why I got that wrote down there. Exodus 10, verse 21 through 23. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thy hand toward heaven, and there may be darkness over all the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. That's dark, isn't it? Have you ever been in a place like that? Mammoth Cave. It's just so dark, that it's like you can feel it, ain't it? And, uh, and Egypt's a type of what? The world. So this is just a little bit here. Of course, here it's just a small area. But in the tribulation, he's going to turn the lights out uh, on the whole world. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven. There was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another. That's dark. I think so. 
neither rose any from his place for three days, but all the children of Israel had lied in their dwelling. Say, so how'd that happen? It just happens, all I know. Uh, amen. It's like this old world tonight. It's, it's dark tonight for most of them. But down at your house and my house, we got light in our dwelling. Go ahead, brother. Right, right, right. Amen. Okay, so uh, verse, uh, let me just say this about uh, chapter 12, talking about symbolism. And, uh, and this could be, uh, this could be, uh, it says the fourth angel sounded and the third part of the sun was smitten, the third part of the moon, third part of the stars, so that the third part of them was darkened and the day shone not for a third part of it and night likewise. There is a place in the Bible in uh, Genesis 39, uh, Genesis 39, I think it is, maybe it's 37, yeah, Genesis 37 and verse 9, and this is, uh, this is Joseph when he had that dream, and notice what he said, he dreamed yet another dream, and told it his brother and said, behold, I've dreamed a dream more, and behold the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. So there is a verse that has the moon and the stars uh, and all that in it that's in this verse here. And it's a direct reference to Israel. Uh, I don't know this is the case, but it could be that when this fourth angel sounds uh, the third part of Israel, the third part of the Jews, if you will, uh, may have something to do with them. I'm not, I'm not sure about that, but I see how it, Possibly could mean that. Okay, verse 13, And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpets of the three angels which are yet to sound. Okay, this is a, uh, this angel here is a warning angel. It's warning of worse judgment yet to come. It's a warning angel. Uh, we're going to, close, I want you to get this again in closing tonight, give some ways these judgments are connected with the cross. The cross was grace to pay for man's sin. These in the tribulation refused grace, so now they have to pay. They have to pay. You see, Jesus paid for your sins and mine, and if He didn't, you and I would have to go to hell and we'd have to stay there forever because we'd never get it paid for. Uh, if we could ever get it paid for, we'd get out. But we couldn't ever get it paid for because our sins are so many and so great. But Jesus paid for our sins so that we don't have to. Uh, the Bible said the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus our Lord. On the cross, Christ was given bitter waters. Now the world is given bitter waters. The world rejected the light of God's Son who hung in darkness, and now He will let them 
be in darkness. So the tribulation is a payback for those that reject the Lord, those that reject God's Son. It's a serious thing to reject the Lord. I mean, that's what we read over in Hebrews. How much sore punishment you think it's something to reject Moses? How much sore punishment you think it'll be to reject Jesus? Uh, it's going to be a lot more. Amen. I'm sure glad I ain't going to go through the tribulation. Amen. Amen. And uh, I'm glad that I'm part of God's church. I'm going to escape this time. All right, as these trumpets go on, three more to go, it gets worse. It gets worse. And uh, so uh, we'll start in chapter 9 next week, the Lord willing. All right, anybody got a question that didn't get answered on your paper? Number eight. There's no reason not to take this literal. Okay, that's Exodus. Uh, Exodus. Uh, anybody get that when I give it a minute ago? Exodus 9, I think's what it was. What was it? 922, 922, 23, I think 24. Yeah, okay, Bill. Uh, like, like the uh, Christ in the Old Testament, the pre incarnate Christ, you said you couldn't think of the word. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is, but uh, that's not the word, though. I think it's called a theopathy. It's what it's called, which is an appearance of Christ in the Old Testament. But yeah, same thing. I don't know. That's what I said. I, I do not know. I don't have an answer. And I've asked preachers or my friends are much smarter than I am, and they don't have an answer either. Uh, so, yes, sir, go ahead. Yeah, six number of man, yeah. But the judgment is on man. Yeah. I don't know. Your, yeah, your theory is as good as mine is. I don't even 